Do you ever struggle with remembering details from your travels? Then I've got something special for you. How would you like a better way to keep track of all the things you see and experience in Scotland? A way to keep those special memories and all the details fresh for years to come. My new Scotland travel journal might just be what you need. It includes daily journaling prompts to help you start writing about your day, lots of space for doodling and notes, prompts to reflect on your trip overall, and suggestions for things to do that help you make more meaningful connections with Scotland. There's also inspiration for your travel bucket list, a map to draw your route, space to keep track of your travel details, and some Gaelic and Scottish phrases to try while you're here. All you have to do is print out the journal, fold the pages in half and start writing. The Scotland Travel Journal is the perfect companion for your upcoming trip to Scotland. Find it in the Watch Me See online shop or visit the link in the show notes. And now, let's get on with the show. Hello there, and welcome to Wild for Scotland, a podcast full of inspiring stories from Scotland. I'm your host, Cathy Kamleitner. Wild for Scotland helps you connect with Scotland and dream about future adventures. I'll tell you immersive stories to whisk you away, share some of my top tips for your own Scotland trip, and introduce you to inspiring locals and their stories. So lean back and enjoy. Let's travel to Scotland. Today I have a story for you from one of my favourite places in Scotland. We're going back to Argyll, but this time we're not exploring another island. We're staying firmly on the mainland. Kilmartin Glen is simultaneously one of the most significant historic sites in Scotland and ridiculously off the beaten path. Imagine no one knowing about Culloden Battlefield, the Norse settlements in Orkney, or the Standing Stones at Callanish. Maybe it's because there isn't just one monument or event that stands out. There are literally hundreds of historic sites scattered throughout the Glen, capturing the essence of the cultural beliefs and architectural skills of thousands of years. There's almost too much to discover here to put into words. But of course you know me. I have to try. So let me tell you a story about Kilmartin Glen. This is 6,000 Times Around the Sun. Before memory or history, beneath everything, is the rock. Neil Oliver If you want to tell the story of Scotland, you have to tell the story of the earth. Our human history is inextricably linked to the story of our land. How it was shaped and shifted through time. What brought us here. And I mean literally right here where we are today. And that's where we start our journey today. 
not billions of years ago, to be fair, not even as far back as the first known human traces in Britain, some 30,000 years ago, but around the time when the last ice age had come to an end and Scotland became permanently inhabited. There are many places I could have chosen to tell you this story, but few are as evocative and versatile to dwell on human Scottish history as Kilmartin Glen in the heart of Argyll. The Glen is arguably one of the most significant historic places in Scotland. There are hundreds of monuments here, historic sites from a vast array of time periods and cultures. And with a little bit of effort, you can visit a fair number of them in just one day. 6,000 years of history condensed into a few hours. And that's what Fran and I are setting out to achieve. Our guide on this journey is Heather Thomas-Smith, a mountain leader and geology enthusiast who combines her interests in history and the outdoors on fascinating walks through the local area. We set out on our journey back in time. One of the oldest sites in Kilmartin Glen has long been wiped off the surface of the earth. A long time ago, the people of this area created a wooden avenue made up of thick tree trunks lying flat on the ground, lined up in two rows. The site was most likely used during burial rituals and the trunks were burnt to the ground. Thousands of years later, the remains of these trees were found at a digging site, buried beneath the gravel. But not all sites from this time period have disappeared. We meet Heather in Kilmartin, and together we set out on our journey back in time. Um, and here comes the rain, <laughs> just in time. No. Well, it looks like it won't stay though. The village sits slightly elevated and offers a grand view of the glen stretching south. From there, our walk takes us down towards the bottom of the glen, a flat valley that was carved by glaciers during the last ice age. It's a fertile land, and many of the historic monuments we plan to visit today are scattered on farmland, surrounded by sheep and fields. One of the oldest is Nedalargi South Cairn, a Neolithic chambered tomb that housed the remains of the local community and dates back around 5,600 years. It's a sacred place, and considering its age, surprisingly well intact. The cairn consists of a massive mound of rocks, some as big as my head, others as small and gentle as my palm. They're piled up in multiple layers, but here and there, the growing grass has won the upper hand. At the centre of the mound, there is a large chamber clad in stone slabs. It's likely that once it was entirely covered with stone pebbles, but over time, many have been taken and reused in buildings and walls all over the region. At the far end, the chamber is closed off with stones, but right where I stand, it's still open, allowing me to step down. Down in the chamber, I can stand comfortably, and it feels surprisingly spacious. Light pours in through the opening I just came through, but also through the cracks between the rocks above my head. Some of them are covered in moss and lichen, Others have symbols carved into them. Over time, steel beams have been added to support the structure, 
and allow visitors like myself to experience this place. Back out in the open, we explore the rest of the site. A panel tells us about the items that were found inside the central chamber, mostly pottery and bones, but very few of them were actually from the Neolithic period. In fact, 1300 years after the cairn was first built, people from the Bronze Age continued to use it as a burial site, and along with their dead, they placed pots and arrowheads inside the chamber. They also added two more stone graves, small kists, hardly longer than my legs, and just about tall enough to sit in upright. To link them to the central chamber, in a way, the cairn was expanded and more and more small rocks piled onto the rest. The kists were used to bury important members of the community, but only one of them is still clearly visible today. Nedalargi South is one of five burial cairns here in the Glen, and there are many fascinating stories to tell about them. First of all, they're all located in a straight line, running roughly in a north-south direction. Glebe Cairn is the northernmost, just below Kilmartin Church. Then there are the three Nedalargi Cairns, north, mid and south. And finally, the southernmost, Recruin Cairn. Together they form what's known as the Linear Cemetery of Kilmartin Glen. They were used for burials and other rituals for thousands of years. Another peculiar thing about these cairns is that four of them were built almost 1,600 years after the first was erected. It makes me wonder about the people from that time. Did they know the exact meaning of these cairns? Even share the same rites and beliefs as their ancestors? Or was it a fashion, a way for them to connect with the past and reinvent these practices? Think about how much things have changed in the last 1,600 years. Can you imagine doing things the same way as our ancestors did in the year 400? It's that human aspect of history that I find most interesting about these sites, and the fact that we may never know. We're now walking towards a set of stone circles. They're surrounded by a stone wall and tall sycamore trees. But don't let the trees fool you. They were only planted here in the 19th century, And it's at that point that people started referring to this place as Templewood. We enter the site through a creaky gate and make our way to the northern stone circle. Only that there aren't any stones here at all. Well, there is a pile of rocks arranged as a cairn and a small boulder at the centre. But the standing stones that normally form these stone circles are gone. Heather tells us that they were removed around 4,000 years ago and probably used to construct some other monument or burial site in the area. But it's impossible to know for sure. In their stead, a cairn was built to mark the central burial kist. Today, round concrete posts mark the original positions of the stones and give us an idea of what once was. The southern stone circle has also developed and changed over time, but there's significantly more to see than at its neighbour. Multiple burial sites have been discovered outside and within the circle, all stemming from different time periods. Hundreds of years after it was first built, the standing stones were surrounded by a cairn of small rocks, which make it difficult to walk towards the centre. But we try anyways, 
to get a closer look at the stones. Once there were 22 stones in this circle, and today 13 of them are still standing. Almost 1,000 years passed before this site was used for burials, but what rites and celebrations were held here before then remains a mystery. Heather tells us that it is believed that the people of that time worshipped the sun and the moon. Maybe they gathered here to celebrate the change of seasons pray for better harvests, or thank their gods for their prosperity. At the edge of the glen, behind those sycamore trees that were added so recently, we can see a flat terrace on top of a steep slope, undoubtedly shaped by the movement of ice. It's likely that people gathered there to witness rituals held at the stone circles, a natural grandstand, if you will. A little walk away, in the middle of a field surrounded by sheep, stands one of the best-known sites in Kilmartin Glen, the Netherlargy Standing Stones. Netherlargy translates to lower slope, so the name most likely comes from the stone's position on the bottom of the glen. There are five stones here, two pairs in the north and the south, and one enormous monolith at the centre. The central stone is surrounded by several smaller stones near the ground. It is now widely believed that these stones served as a lunar observatory, a site to track and predict the movements of the moon, and most likely its consequences for the community. But even though this purpose is largely accepted, there are still mysteries about these stones. Look closely among the colourful patches of moss and lichen covering the central stone, and you'll notice dimples on its surface. Some appear to be natural, simply a sign that the slab couldn't be clean-cut from its source. But others seem to be perfectly round and placed deliberately across the rock. These are cup marks, carefully carved into the rock, hundreds if not thousands of years before the standing stones were erected at this spot. You have a stone here which has got really obvious cup and ring marks on it. There's the ring there and then these are the cup marks so this has probably been moved well it has been moved they obviously have been moved but moved from somewhere that was important to people that they'd already carved out those cup and ring marks before it'd been repurposed as a standing stone the marks are proved that these slabs had a life and a purpose before they were put here but where did they come from and what do the cup marks stand for To look for answers to these questions, Heather takes us back to Kilmartin village and onto the road. We follow her to a site tucked away at the bottom of the glen, a forest known as Achnabrek. But we're not here to look at trees. We're here, of course, to see more rocks. Rock art, to be exact, because this place is home to some of the best examples of cup and ring marks in Britain. We follow the cup and ring trail, a beautiful path through the woodlands. Along the way, Heather points out mushrooms and harps, plants and fruit that the people thousands of years ago might have also seen, harvested and eaten. It's impossible to walk through this landscape and not think about the people who inhabited it. What brought them here and what made them stay? 
the prosperity they must have experienced in the richness of the glen. Suddenly the trees stop and the path opens up into a clearing. There is a wooden fence enclosing a small area on the slope, an area of exposed rock framed by purple heather and bright green moss. At first, I'm not entirely sure what we're looking at, but as I fixate my gaze on the ground and follow the shadows cast by the sunlight, details start to reveal themselves and geometric patterns emerge from the chaos of dirt and lichen. Wow! That's so cool. The first bit of that brick. So this is really interesting because you've got, again, not quite as old Mm -hmm. as that South Cairn, but the time when they were actually adding all those stones is a similar time to when they were making these marks. Perfectly concentric rings are carved into the surface. Sometimes only one or two, but others count five, six or even seven rings forming one individual carving. And they're big. The biggest is one metre across. At their centre and scattered between them are cup marks, those perfectly round dimples we also saw at the standing stones. One of the many theories about what these carvings mean is that the cups and rings were used to channel blood from sacrificial victims. But whether that is true or not is highly contested. In fact, there are over 100 theories trying to explain this rock art, some more likely than others. Maybe they were carved to track the positions of stars or the movements of planets across the night sky. Maybe carving a circle was a rite of passage for members of the community. Or maybe they are simply art for art's sake, free from the necessity of meaning. There's an aesthetic beauty in these carvings, but also a philosophical one. We could circle another 6,000 times around the sun, and we'd probably still be in the dark, guessing at what our ancestors knew and believed, and reinventing these sites with a new purpose. So long as we don't forget them. I hope you enjoyed this story about Kilmartin Glen. It's one of my go-to areas to recommend because it's such a special place to learn about Scotland's early history, but also full of natural beauty. The quote at the start of today's story is from Neil Oliver's book, A History of Scotland. He literally starts the first chapter with roughly outlining the geological history of Scotland. It's an interesting read and one of the books about Scottish history I'll recommend in this week's newsletter. If you want to know what the others are, sign up via the link in the show notes. Now, let's take a quick detour and hear a story about our sponsors. Hello, Wild for Scotland listeners. I'm interrupting my own episode here to let you know about our Patreon. This is and always has been an independent show, and as such, I carry all the costs for producing it myself. I pay Fran for making the podcast sound good, invest in the necessary equipment to take on the road, 
and spent tons of time writing and recording my stories and interviews. If you enjoy the show and you can afford to support our efforts with a monthly contribution, you can do so by signing up to our Patreon. Support options start with as little as £3 per month, but we're also getting back on track with bonus episodes for you, so it's really worth going for the £6 tier to get more stories and interviews from my travels around Scotland. Head to wildforscotland.com support to find out how it works and sign up as a patron. That's wildforscotland.com support. Thank you so much. And we're back. Now it's time for the practical part of the show. Here are five travel tips for a trip to Kilmartin Glen. Tip number one, look beyond the showstoppers. There's no doubt that the Standing Stones at Nether Largy are the most popular site in the Glen. It's an easy stop and who wouldn't want to see Standing Stones? But I want to encourage you to spend a little more time in the Glen to visit a variety of sites. I didn't even mention everything we saw on our walk with Heather. We also walked up to Donat Fort, a monument that has been used from the Iron Age until the 16th century. We drove across the peatlands of Vinivore and over the Crinan Canal, and we explored the ruins of Carnassery Castle. No matter which era of Scottish history you're interested in, there's something to see at Kilmartin Glen. Tip number two. Book a walk with Heather Ree Heights. Heather was the perfect person to guide us through the area. With her combined expertise about history, geology and the natural world, she could really help us understand the history of the Glen and its people. It never felt dry, as history sometimes does, and Fran and I both walked away inspired to learn more about the places we visited. We'll hear more from Heather next week, but I hope you're already convinced to book a guided walk with her on your next trip to Argyll. Tip number three. Visit Kilmartin Museum. Now, This is a tip for the future, because at the time of recording this episode in 2022, Kilmartin Museum is still under refurbishment. However, it's set to reopen next year, and when it does, it's going to be a must-see on your journey through Kilmartin Glen. The museum houses a vast collection of historic documents and artefacts, which tell the story of the Glen. You can visit to learn more about the sites in the area, or do more in-depth research about a specific monument or time period you're interested in. Tip number four, don't just visit the Glen. I decided to focus on Kilmartin Glen for our story, but really it's worth to explore the entire region known as the heart of Argyll. It includes areas like the Napdale Forest and the Tainish Peninsula, villages like Inverary and Artfern, and you can easily access a few different islands. The Crinan Canal cuts right through it, and you can easily get to the sea lochs of the west coast. There are castles and nature reserve, spots to see wildlife, and lots of other things to do and see. Tip number five. Allow me to help you. To figure out how to turn all of the above into a feasible itinerary for Kilmartin Glen and the wider area, use my free Heart of Argyle travel guide, get my hidden west coast itinerary, or book a session with me to help you plan your trip. You'll find the links to all of these resources and my booking link in the show notes. As I said, this is one of my favourite places in Scotland and I'd love to be able to share it with you. And with this, I send you off to plan your own trip to Kilmartin Glen and learn about Scotland's fascinating history. Next week, we're sitting down with Heather Thomas-Smith to hear more about the sites at Kilmartin Glen, how she researches some of these rather mysterious sites 
and what she wants people to know about the heart of Argyll. I hope you'll tune in again. Thank you so much for listening to Wild for Scotland. Hit subscribe if you want to make sure you never miss an episode or sign up for our newsletter to get alerts, peeks behind the scenes and additional resources about the places and topics we cover on this season. You'll find the link to sign up in the show notes. Wild for Scotland is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten path. The show is written and hosted by me, Cathy Kamleitner. Thanks to Fran Tarowskis, who is a co-producer and editor and does the sound design. Kirsty Spain helps out with transcripts and social media. Podcast art is by Lizzie Von Knight, the Tartan Trailburner, and all original music is composed by Bruce Wallace. Until next time, when we travel to a different place in Scotland. If you're still here, listening all the way to the very end, it means you've probably got your hands full. So let me take this opportunity to remind you that I don't just write immersive travel stories. I also plan unforgettable itineraries for Scotland. And it's never been easier to follow one of my routes. Head to watchmesee.com forward slash shop to browse my ready-made Scotland itineraries and turn your travel dreams into reality.